Today we're going to be talking Finale, Sibelius, and Dorico, the world of notation softwares, in just a moment. Hello and welcome everybody to the Musician Toolkit. My name is David Lane and this is episode number 44. 44 is uh, I think a great number for a podcast about musicianship, but I don't mind saying I don't think this is a common episode. Okay, that's a bad joke, but if you're a musician, you absolutely should get it. One of the tough things to know as a podcast host is what are the topics that truly interest you, the listener? And what are the ones that that just interest me? Sometimes they overlap. Sometimes there's things that I'm really interested in that, that you're also interested in. There have been times that I have gone over a topic that is maybe not as intriguing to me, but I get feedback from some of you letting me know how much that it means to you. And then there are times that I think I might be sharing something that I'm, I'm sure that maybe not everyone is as excited about it as I am. And I'm not positive which category today's episode is going to fall under. Uh, I know for a fact that, I, that I'm definitely on the excited side of this one. I, I love talking about music notation programs. And I will say if you're like, I'm not sure this is the, the episode for me, let me encourage you that it might be. If you're a composer, an arranger, an orchestrator, you know that you need a program. You need Finale, you need Sibelius, Dorico, or some other program. But you'll also really improve your stock as a teacher if you have and use a notation program regularly. You might not call yourself an arranger, but you might be a performer who who needs to come up with something that you can't find sheet music for to do as a duet or a trio or a quartet. I promise you, if you're a musician and you work with notation at all, even like reading sheet music, I'm sure that I could persuade you that there's a situation by which having notation program is a good idea. Now, one of the things that holds people back is the price. There are some lesser expensive options out there if you don't need notation program for much, but if you're going to use it fairly regularly, you want to keep in mind that notation program, for the most part, follows the axiom that fits a lot of other things in life, and that is that you get what you pay for. There are three big programs out there. I know there are more than three that, uh, that people use, but the three big ones are Finale, Sibelius, and Dorico. Now, because of the price, you're thinking, well, I want to get one, but I want to get the right one. Well, we're going to talk about which one is the right one for you, A lot of it has to do with where you're going to be working, who you're going to be working with, and also what type of genre you work in the most. My special guest today is Jason Lafredo. He's a keyboardist and music director who works on and on and off Broadway, but he's also a composer and arranger, and he has a music preparation service. He has worked with all three of these softwares that we're going to be talking about, but his specialty is finale. If you've already been using Finale and you've been looking for tutorials, it's hard to imagine you haven't come across the series called Conquering Finale. It is a comprehensive series of uh, videos and instructions and links that Jason has put together to help you out with Finale. So again, we're going to talk about is Finale the right one for you or should you go with Sibelius or Dorico? But we're also going to talk about Finale his five tips for one of my favorite topics, improving the efficiency of your workflow. Besides everything I just mentioned, Jason is all over the Facebook groups that deal with Finale where users have questions. So you have probably interacted with him before. He's truly an expert in this field. And this is a conversation I very much enjoyed and I look forward to sharing it with you now. Here's my conversation with Jason Lafredo. So today I'm talking to Jason Lafredo, and Jason, you are, this is the second time we've had a conversation on one of my podcasts this year. You were my guest, uh, I guess, as time goes by, I don't know if it was a few months ago or what, but it was earlier this year for Life in the Pit, talking about Mm -hmm. the uh, Here Lies Love 
Ah, um, yes. <laughs> controversy. Con- controversy that, uh, yes. you know, thankfully was resolved pretty soon after that. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, you, you had been referred to me by, by a mutual friend to, to reach out for you for that. And re- I think we, I had stopped that recording and we were chatting and you happened to mention, you know, that, uh, you know, if you ever, if I ever wanted you to talk about something else, that you're the conquering finale guy. <laughs> and I've been following yeah, that series <laughs> and, and so forth. And I thought, yes, I absolutely want to, want to talk to you about that. So I, I looked at your website and, and I looked, you know, I've looked at, uh, you know, your, you know, your social media. And I think this is just a good place to start. How would, if you met someone who, who just say just somewhere in New York where you live and they just asked you, what do you do? How would you, how would you say it? <laughs> um, I would probably say I try to do as much as I can so that I can make a living in New York because it's really <laughs> expensive. So I try to gain as many income sources as possible. So basically, you know, uh, mainly I'm a keyboard player, uh, off Broadway, Broadway shows, that sort of thing. I do all kinds of auditions, rehearsals, whatever, whatever you need, concerts, whatever. Um, I do some arranging and some orchestrating as well, uh, you know, for whoever asks or whoever needs it. Uh, and I also do some copying work. Um, and more recently, you know, sort of somewhat of a pandemic project. I've, I've, you know, <laughs> become this conquering finale person. Uh, so I've, I've been doing that and, uh, which has also led me recently to teaching at NYU. So I'm actually teaching, uh, music notation at NYU as well. So, I have like multiple sources of jobs and income and everything. So yeah, it'd be hard for me to say I do one thing. You know, I guess I'd say I'm a freelance musician. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, that is kind of the goal of this podcast is to, to equip yeah. everybody. And, uh, you know, and it's not that, you know, that necessarily everyone has to have all of these sources equally balanced you know you have a little Mm -hmm. something you have a lot of something but they all give you some experience Um, i guess just based on that um obviously rehearsals and shows you know they have fixed times you don't you don't you don't get to choose those you show up we know when you're called um but and and i imagine you show up to class when it's scheduled so aside Mm -hmm. from that conquering finale videos um practicing you know your music composing do you, do you have like a, a weekly i you know itinerary uh, a kind of a plan of when you're going to work on certain things so that you get a lot of stuff done <laughs> I, I you know i kind of wish that i did <laughs> it's it's so uh random for me actually and, I, and i'm terrible at like ske- i probably should be a lot better at like scheduling okay in this block of time on this day i'm going to work on x y and z you know i'm just i'm so terrible at that i kind of approach each day like i usually have an idea the night before i was like okay tomorrow i have to accomplish this this and this so i'm just going to do that i'll start in the morning you know have lunch start in the afternoon whatever however long it takes me to accomplish that and if i get it done great um i just kind of work a little bit more like that and obviously the things that are scheduled are, are scheduled so that has to work in there as well right um i mean there's so much we could talk about uh, i the, the focus of our talk today is mainly about music notation programs and obviously since you have conquering okay. finale and mainly because that's the only notation program that i've ever worked with <laughs> i'll mm-hmm. probably okay. do some finale heavy talk but uh you know let's talk about when did finale when did you get into finale and like what what were you doing at the time as a musician that made it a necessity i mean i think the first version of finale i had was version 3.1 or Mm 3.2 so this would have been back in the mid 90s when i was in high school Mm -hmm. um so i mean i was a high school kid i was you know really into music at the time uh, I was really into arranging and, and composing a little bit. So I, I saw Finale as a tool and I tried it out and, you know, I've been using it ever since then. Okay. Uh, or, I mean, were, did you start using it because you were composing? Um, I'm trying, I think, yeah, I think it was probably, I don't know what I was writing in high school. Couldn't have been that good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I was writing something or I was arranging something for, uh, you know, what? I, I think I'm re- now remembering that I did an arrangement of, something for our uh concert band nice uh, so I, I think i did all of that in finale 
And of course, in back in those days, you know, this was before linked parts. So you had to copy the score and then copy individual files for all of the the uh, the parts. <laughs> right. So that was a thing. <laughs> Yes, uh, my so my first one was uh, I believe it was Finale '98 because I got it in '99, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was a grad student. And you know, when I got when I got to college, I, I didn't have anything. I was writing I was writing by hand. And then for my my undergrad years, for maybe the last two, uh, I had a program that that I shared with a roommate. He had a computer, I did not, and it was a it was a program called Rhapsody. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've even heard of it. <laughs> it sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah. I, I never used it, but um, yeah, I uh, it, it was problematic, but you know, it got it, it was better than my chicken scratch. You know, trying to mm-hmm. send that off. So, um, I, I have a funny uh, diversionary story about that, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. And speaking of college, I was taking an orchestration class, and you know, again, this was uh, late '90s. You know, '97, '98, or whatever. And by then I, I was pretty good with finale for, you know, what it was back then. And uh, I had this orchestration teacher who insisted that you hand in your assignments handwritten before. And he would he he would want you to, um, you know, accomplish that in a, in a very good way. He want he'd want good handwriting before he allowed you to put anything into finale. <laughs> right. And so my handwriting was just awful. Like every single assignment I knew I was like, if I could do this in finale, it would be so much faster. It would be so much better. My handwriting really stinks. It's like, and I kept handing in assignment after assignment. I was like, how about now? Is the handwriting okay? Is the handwriting okay? And he kept going, no, 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 not good enough yet. Not good enough yet. So I finally got so tired of this and I was like, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. So I did the assignment in finale and somehow figured out a way to trace it onto manuscript paper. Yep. <laughs> so I traced the ink from the printer onto with a pencil. <laughs> Right. onto the manuscript paper and handed, handed that in. So it looked perfect. It was like perfect handwriting. And I said, how about now? He says, yeah, okay, you can use finale. <laughs> <laughs> that that reminds me. Totally I, cheated the system. <laughs> the last time I turned in some handwritten music for a jury, uh, the, you know, the, the guy who was not my main professor, he, he, you know, we, we, we played the recording that we made that we made, and I guess it was a digital performer at the time. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the finished product and they had the score, which was handwritten. And he says, well, it sounds, it sounds like, you know what you're doing. It sounds very good, but it looks like you've never written music before. <laughs> it goes, he's <laughs> looking at the quarter rest goes, what are those threes? <laughs> and they look like threes. Yeah. <laughs> and so the I next know, time I, I had finale before the next time and I typed it out. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do write by hand for myself still because I find it, uh, it's a, there's a different creative process with the hand moving with a pencil. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I, I'm not really doing much composing anymore, but, uh, when, when I was doing it more often, I would, uh, you know, prefer to write by hand. I think it's just the, the process of sitting at a piano and not having a computer in front of you and just, you know, kind of like playing through ideas and kind of sketching them out. I, that was always, always seemed to be the right way yeah. for me to compose music as opposed to trying to do it directly into finale. So I've always been impressed at film composer John Williams. He still does that. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. the only way he's mm-hmm. ever done it. He composes at mm-hmm. his piano and, you know, mm-hmm. with, with pencil. And so you got into finale and and obviously, I guess that was kind of your main thing. When did you become acquainted with like some of the others? And I, and I guess just the others, uh, I just kind of just kind of list them. Sibelius and Dorico, I feel like are the other two kind of big heavyweights. And then you've got yeah. some other kind of less expensive or freewares that that are pretty good yeah, i've heard some good things about MuseScore, and um but when when did you start checking out these other programs as well you know it's at some point in i want to say it was like 2006 or 2007 sibelius had an update i think that that included dynamic parts hmm. you know what i mean and this and this was the first time that a notation program had the parts files or the parts in the same file with the score and this was sort of revolutionary at the time this was before finale had that mm-hmm. and at that time i was like oh my god this is so much better why why doesn't finale have this and i was like all right so i, I bought sibelius and i kind of learned it a little bit back then but really again didn't have much of a use for it because 
you know, everybody in the musical theater world, first of all, was using Finale, and I'd already known Finale well enough and all that stuff. But I did sort of start to learn Sibelius back then. And then, of course, like two years later, Finale caught up and they're like, oh, we really have to have this. So that's when they added the linked part. So I kind of used Sibelius back then for a couple of years, but then just kind of went back to Finale. And, you know, many years later, uh, I was working for a, a guy from Joanne Kane Music Services in New York who was doing some musicals. And there was a couple of things that he was doing in New York in Sibelius. So I kind of had to uh, relearn my Sibelius chops a little bit just to be able to edit those files. Um, so I kind of got back into Sibelius. That was probably, I don't know, 2014 or 15. Um, and then I kind of stopped working for that company. So again, <laughs> Sibelius chops went away. Then Dorico came out and I was really excited and interested in, in the development of that. And, I, you know, they kept previewing it and all this stuff. And then finally they released it. And I think I bought it on like day two, um, you know, and just kind of like worked with it and tried it out and learned it a little bit. Um, but again, never really incorporated it into, you know, everyday usage. So at this point, I know Finale really well, obviously. Um, and I'm using Sibelius and Dorico, especially now that I'm teaching this uh, course at NYU, the students, it's not a notation program specific course. It's more about like generally how to notate music. Right. And the students are allowed to use either three of those programs. So in some ways I have to be able to um, manage files back and forth in all three programs and, you know, help them in certain ways. So in the last couple of years, while I've been doing that, I've definitely been improving my chops in Dorico and Sibelius. So I feel like I know those two programs fairly well right now obviously not as well as finale but yeah that would be sort of the timeline there so i remember when sibelius came out the the marketing ploy that i guess kind of like the reason you should get this is because it has uh reportedly a smaller learning curve than finale that was that was the way mm -hmm. it was sold and uh sure enough like my composition professor who did not never got finale he was encouraged to get Sibelius, and he started the very long process of taking his thousands of pieces. He's, he's the most prolific, prolific person I've ever met, mm. <laughs> of just kind mm. of getting them digitalized, you know, in the mm -hmm. program. Um, Dorico, I mean, I, I first heard about it uh, as kind of an advertisement on another podcast, maybe five years ago is when mm -hmm. I, maybe when I first really heard started hearing about it. But I can't say, you know, I'm one of those... I don't I don't change things if it's working. So finales worked, and I've never had a reason right. to change. So I've never, right. uh, and, and you know when it comes to recording, you know logic has worked for a very long time. So yeah. I just don't find yeah. the need to change. So what is what is the the single greatest appeal to Dorico? Dorico, I mean, obviously it was developed much later than both Sibelius and Finale. Finale was developed in the early '90s, and you know Sibelius was developed in the late '90s. I mean, that's ancient as far as software mm -hmm. programs are concerned and they still carry over a lot of that interface design concept you know what i mean so mm -hmm. dorico being more recent i think the first release was in 2016 i believe yeah or 17 or something like that. i'll have to look that up but being more recent they have a, a fresh look at um you know computer interfaces and and just how you use the program so in many ways it's a much slicker looking program you know just the the graphic interface of it but it's also a much, much, much more intelligent program in terms of like it, it'll, you know, do things for you automatically that both Finale and Sibelius would never even you wouldn't even consider that Finale and Sibelius could actually do that. Um, a good example of this is, you know, in, in Dorico, you can just write whatever duration that you want. Like if you write, uh, let's say, a dotted eighth note, mm -hmm. you you know, enter a dotted eighth note and then you enter a quarter note. Like if you were to put that in a four, four bar, you'd be like, that's not correct. You need to tie a 16th note to another dotted. You know what I mean? Right. In finale, you would have to actually do that. You'd have to add the 16th note, tie it, then add the dotted eighth note. In Dorico, you just add a quarter note and it does the tie for you. So it, it treats rhythms differently and you can actually write whatever duration you want and it'll kind of fix the rhythms completely for you. Oh, it does wow. the same thing with pitches. It's it's more contextually aware, so it'll actually go back and change some of the enharmonics that you had already previously input to kind of make more sense in the line. So this is just a couple of, exam of examples of sort of the intelligence of Dorico. It's much more context aware. Um, that being said, you are sometimes at the mercy of that intelligence. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like you, right. it, it, the tricky thing with Dorco is that if you want to do something that Dorco doesn't think you should do, it's sometimes a little bit tricky to figure out how to undo that and how to tell it to not do a certain thing a certain way. You know what I mean? Right. I always say that like finale Sibelius, I, I feel is somewhere in in the middle of the three. Mm-hmm. I would say like finale is very dumb, but completely obedient, <laughs> you know? Dorco, on the other hand, is extremely intelligent, but it's very stubborn. <laughs> yep. Well, that just hearing that example, I was just thinking that the the work that I've done most recently is um, arranging some musicals for uh, a writing team, and you know their melodies are very pop, uh, mm-hmm. s- syncopated. You know, just very it, like very few notes land on the beat (laughs) right you know so it's a lot of 16th 8th 16th tied to a a 16th you know and i'm just thinking i bet i bet there's a faster way to do this but (laughs) yeah um but there are some ways once you get that rhythm once there are ways to repeat that um so we i guess let's before we kind of dive into finale specific um let's 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 say that every musician's out there uh, is thinking they don't have a notation program, and they're asking, "Well, mm-hmm. which notation program do I need?" Um, and kind of alternatively, like, which version do I need? Because if we just answered that for finale, you know, sometimes I've had some students that you know they don't call themselves composers; they call themselves songwriters. They just want to kind of be able to do a few simple things. And I've said maybe you don't need the most expensive version of finale, and we kind of looked at some of the other versions, and I don't even know how many of those are still current like you know how many they've kept around but like what are what are some considerations that you would think of um you know when you're nyu class if they were to ask Mm -hmm. you know which you know which should i really pursue yeah what are some of the thoughts this question comes up a lot and it's something we actually talk about at at the class although i always prefer them to actually have a little bit of experience with the programs before they come in but you know my what I say about this is it kind of depends on what genre you're working in generally, also where you are physically in the world. Um, for example, you know, in New York for musical theater, almost every show is done in finale. So if that's where your interest lies, definitely learn finale. I mean, yes, there are some shows that are being done in Sibelius now. I don't think any shows are being done in Dorico yet. Um, but finale for sure. I mean, you walk into a rehearsal room where they're creating new pieces and everything. It's all done in finale. So mm-hmm. in the musical theater world in New York, finale, finale, finale. Uh, on the West Coast, if you're doing film scoring, it's last I checked, I think it's about 60-40 Sibelius finale. So mm-hmm. composers are using Sibelius about 60% to finale's 40. It might actually be a little bit more than that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking, that's where it is in LA in the film scoring world. In Europe, it's almost completely Sibelius. There's hardly any people in in Europe that use Finale. I don't know how Dorico's with their foothold in Europe yet, but uh, definitely Sibelius heavy in Europe. So this is uh, these factors alone can determine what you should be doing. You know what I mean? Like where you're going, who you're going to be working with. You know what I mean? Like you want to have a program that all of your colleagues are working with. You don't want to be in Finale when everybody else is using Sibelius. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you don't want to come into the musical theater world knowing Sibelius because everybody else is using Finale. Um, so that's a factor. The other thing I would say is that, you know, more structurally in the programs, like I said, with Finale is sort of dumb but obedient. Dorico sort of smart but stubborn sometimes. And Sibelius is kind of in between those two things. Mm-hmm. As far as the learning curve is concerned, I kind of agree that Sibelius is some, probably the easiest to learn off the bat. Dorico can be easy at the beginning, but when you start getting into the advanced features of Dorico, it's very complex. It's very, there's a lot of options to figure out. There's a lot of things that you just have to dive into with Dorico. Um, Finale does have a steeper learning curve. It takes a little bit more time to get into it. And I always feel like once you get to a certain point with Finale, there's a lot of patterns that you can find with how the program behaves and how it acts so it sort of levels off that learning curve sort of levels off so um there's that finale is going to be the most flexible of the three in terms of like again just because it's so dumb and obedient you can do whatever you want with it if you know how to do that you can just any graphic or weird things that you want to do somehow there's a way to do that in finale sibelius uh yes to a degree but not quite as much as finale and again with dorico 
because it's so intelligent, because the structure is a little bit more rigid, it's definitely a little bit harder to do some of the um, funkier things that the program doesn't want to do. It does provide a lot of options for a lot of different types of notation. So it does exist. Um, I would also say for concert music specifically, Dorico uh, does very well. Mm -hmm. um, they've, they've seemed to sort of focus their attention on sort of the classical genre, concert music in general. I, uh, the, I struggle sometimes with sort of the the pop arranging uh, aspects in Dorico, like the drum set notation, in my opinion, is really not ideal. Um, guitar notations can sometimes be a little tricky in Dorico, but their focus has always been on sort of concert scoring and, and classical music. So um, that's a long answer to that question, well, but, you know, ultimately it just depends. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, 30 years of <laughs> notation programs you know just in yeah, development uh, sure. i guess i guess we should just mention just a few things like there's been some big developments uh lately uh in terms of just like connecting these programs together so you've got uh and some things i don't fully understand but uh, but it's like uh maybe correct me as i goes like music xml yeah so so music xml actually was developed by the same people that that developed finale um it's a it's basically a a file format that allows any of these three programs to open that file and import that data. Now, it's not a perfect thing like you can't you, what you can do is you can export, you know, an XML file out of Finale, open Sibelius and import an XML file. It's not going to be perfect because the way that the programs handle certain things is very, very different. So it's not you know, you're not going to get the perfect formatting. It's not going to look exactly the same. Uh, certain elements are not going to show up exactly the same, you know, and uh, having a lot of experience with this going particularly from Sibelius into Finale, I, I've recognized certain things that it just does not want to do correctly, right. you know, and you'll get weird things that happen when you open the XML in Finale. So you just kind of have to get used to, oh, I have to fix that thing or whatever the case may be. But that's, yeah, that's XML. And then there's uh a topic I've found is a controversial topic on the, uh, you know, the Facebook groups, and that's the smoofle fonts, the S-M-U-F-L. Mm -hmm. uh, so what what is it about those that that are, well, wh why is that a big deal? So smoofle, standard music font layout, was uh, something that uh, Daniel Spreadberry that designed Dorico, he also designed this uh, font um, standard to go along with Dorico. And it's a different type of font. You know, your standard music font in Finale and Sibelius, first of all, the the layout of the font in Finale and Sibelius for those fonts, they're completely different, which means that they're not interchangeable. So mm -hmm. you cannot use Sibelius's font in, in Finale. You can't use Finale's font in Sibelius. It's always been like that. Um, <clears throat> but, and they're also... Uh, I don't know the technical, they're, they're smaller fonts. There's only like 256 characters per font. You know what I mean? Right. The Smeeful is a, I think it's called a, um, a hex code font or something, mm -hmm. which it's an expanded font. So there's like literally thousands of slots for different characters. And what happens in Finale specifically is that you have your main Maestro font. This is the old Finale. You have your main Maestro font, and then you might have a font called maestro percussion which has like glyphs for mallets or different things for percussion different note heads that you need for the percussion you also have another called um numerics i think is is another there's like three or four different fonts that that get installed with the program and ultimately you end up using all of these fonts for certain things well the smoothful font because it's thousands of characters it's all in one thing now so all of those fonts are combined together so the finale in Finale 27, where they just introduced the Smeeful fonts for the first time, um, all those, all of those separate fonts are now basically in one font. And because it's a standard, every single location of each character is exactly the same between the Finale fonts and the Dorico fonts now. So that means that the Dorico fonts and the Finale fonts can swap. You can actually put Dorico's font in Finale. You can put Finale's font in Dorico. In fact, in the most recent version of Dorico, and again, Finale just switched to this in version 27 a couple years ago. But in the most recent version of Dorico 5.0, they actually decided to include the Finale fonts. <laughs> so when you install Dorico now on your computer, not only do you get the Dorico fonts, but you get all of the new smoothized Finale fonts, which hmm. is actually kind of cool. And so those fonts nice. are interchangeable. Sibelius, so on the other hand, has not caught up. They have not um, switched over to the Smoothful 
uh, spec quite yet. I don't know if, if and when they're going to do that, but hopefully, and then everybody will be <laughs> compatible, you know? Nice. And, and this just kind of also brings up a, a, another kind of thing that I've seen people disagree with, you know, like, um, you, you know, I think I saw a post one time. It's like, I'm, I'm on finale 2014 or I'm on finale mm-hmm. 2009. Why should I bother upgrading? And I want to, here, I want to give a shout out to, uh, a, a, a podcast that I, that I've heard you as a guest on. And I would say anybody interested in music notation should go check it out. It's scoring notes. And yeah. they also have a blog and I would just go scoringnotes.com, sign up for their blog. It, it comes mm-hmm. out, it, 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 maybe not, I don't think always every week, but most Saturdays, I, it seems like I get one and they do a podcast episode. Uh, they used to do it every week, but I think it's about once a month now, once or twice a month. Yeah. But, yeah. um, they they cover all of these programs and all in detail and and I don't it might have been you or another guest was just talking about your if you're a professional if you're not just a hobbyist you are handicapping yourself if you're not trying to stay current because they you know these programs these developers they have made corrected things to make things easier mm-hmm. and you're just yeah. purposefully falling way behind you know, it's uh, to me, it's not quite like driving a car, you know, where it's like, well, you know, I couldn't, I can hold off on the Apple CarPlay a little bit longer, you know, while mm-hmm. this car is still working, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, this isn't source of income for, you know, a lot of, you know, if, if, if that's the case, if, it, if it is a source of revenue, it's mm-hmm. worth staying up to date. But what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> it, it wasn't me that said that, but I definitely agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is, like, I, I understand why people want to stay in those old programs. And, and part of it has to do with, you know, especially in Finale, you know, professional copyists create their own templates. And sometimes those templates really only work in a certain way. You know what I mean? So they're, they're the templates themselves sort of accommodate for shortcomings in the program in a lot of ways. So, for example, you know, when between 25 version 25 and version 26 in finale they they uh introduced uh stacked uh, articulations right so if you're in version 25 or previously you'll understand that if you put two articulations on the same note they go right on top of each other which is really stupid looking and you have to drag it up it's it was years in the making they should have done this years ago but they finally fixed that in 26 and now they will Mm -hmm. stack appropriately and in the right order but if you have a certain template that accommodates for this and you have your articulations set in a way to do that, then they will stack correctly. The thing is, if you upgrade to 26 then and you try and use those articulations, it's going to get messed up. So there's a little bit of like, you know, why should, you know, I, I have this thing that works. Why do I need to upgrade? And, you know, my philosophy is I, I you know, I got to 26 and I saw that and I said, well, instead of fighting it, I'm going to make an adjustment to my templates. I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, do away with those things that I needed before because I don't need them now. Same thing happens with 27. Now everything's in Smewful. You know, the fonts are completely different. I went through when 27 came out and just completely redid all of my templates so that they're using the Smewful fonts. Now I have the best of that. It works great. You know, it's never a bad thing to take a few minutes or a few hours or a few days or whatever. To kind of you know get yourself up to date so i yeah i'm in i'm in agreement with that if why not you know what i mean i i agree i i think if you're just behind then you're just behind and pro, you know the ultimate problem is eventually those old programs are going to stop working on the uh the os especially if you're on mac because they they change every year and eventually they just become unusable right um now now i guess just kind of to just kind of nudge that the other way one of the reminders that you gave online recently was but but don't mm-hmm. don't be in such a big hurry uh, when it comes to the operating systems especially uh, it's Correct. like give them, give them a chance to be tested and um yeah it's like every time especially if you're on mac it's like every time they update uh and, and there's a new os coming soon it's just it it's just let let all of the programs work their bugs out now obviously like you know your apple centered programs like logical will get its act together right away seriously they work on day one imagine that (laughs) but uh you know your programs that work with either you know windows or or mac you know it takes sometimes a little bit of time so but the you know they're pretty good about publicizing when now it's good 
go ahead and upgrade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think it's um uh yeah, I mean it was scoring notes that that wrote that article about the the state of the uh the three notation programs in terms of how ready they are for the Mac OS update. I also think it's um I think it's Sweetwater. Yeah. Uh that has a a list every year. Um, you can you can find this list. It'll tell you exactly what companies and what products are ready for the new OS. It's a, a comprehensive list, not only notation software, but DAWs, plugins, all kinds of you know hardware drivers. Like for anything that you could ever have music related in your studio, it will tell you whether or not it's ready for the new OS. Right. And there's a lot of directions that we can go from this point. I was just, uh, <laughs> I think you might be down the road. It might be helpful to have a, a podcast episode all about like just music notation rules. You know, there's the, the Gardner Reed book, which, uh, I was just glancing online, you know, to see if it's still out there. It's, um, it is, it's very expensive, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't even know how many pages that is, but it's, it says it weighs more than a pound. You know, it's just, it's a huge like Bible of notation rules of, of things to, th to think about, uh, you, you know, s simple things that I'm always like when I'm teaching piano and music theory, I, you know, I talk about the ways that three, four looks different than six, eight, they can both have mm -hmm. six eighth notes, but we mm -hmm. start talking about how they need to look different and how like you could put three quarter notes in six, eight mm -hmm. time, but it's much clearer, you know, to the feeling, the beat, if you'll do, uh, if you'll replace that second quarter note, with two eighths tied together and then you Correct. can see where it'd be right. three and four and like th that's just one example among hundreds or thousands you know so uh, we won't go there today so uh let's just kind of table that for a you know i guess another another day another time but let's talk today about um since finale is your main thing and uh mm -hmm. you know we haven't really mentioned it but you know one of the things you do is you you do music preparation services for mm -hmm. uh other clients and i know that it's um, it's worth your time and your income to be fast at what you're doing yes. to be be efficient. So right. uh, as many as you'd like, but you know, I'm just gonna say three somewhere between three and five. Give me what are some workflow tips? What are some things yeah. that really help you in finale? So I yeah, I mean I I just you asked kind of uh, previewed this question for me, so I actually wrote down five things for you. So all right. Number one, shortcuts and meta tools. I mean, you have to learn the shortcuts. You have to learn the meta tools. Every tool in Finale has meta tools for certain things. Like if you don't know that A um, is the the uh, the meta tool for an accent in the articulation tool, if you're clicking on the note and choosing the accent, I mean, that's so slow. It's just you have to know those meta tools. Also, the shortcuts for opening, you know, common windows like, you know, Command K to open the uh, score manager, for example, like you just you got, you got to know those shortcuts. I mean, that's number one. Uh, if you're clicking around with the mouse all day long, you you're just you're dead in the water as yeah. far as efficiency is concerned. Um, number two, and a lot of old time finale users are not aware of this uh, contextual menus. Hmm. So if you write if you have a mouse that has two uh, buttons, if you right click um, with any tool active, you'll get contextual menus that are are uh, specifically designed for functions related to that tool and you can do things very easily even with a selection tool if you right click in a measure there's an option to change the key like you don't have to go to the key signature tool and double click and choose the key signature you don't have to do it that way you can just take the selection tool right click find the key signature it lists all the common key signatures if you need a major just choose a major and you're good to go um so that's a, a another really uh important efficiency if you know that that exists and you know how those work um you can avoid switching tools a lot um number three plugins you know there's uh, the, obviously the the plugins that come with finale and actually recently in 27.3 they've started uh including some of the uh jw plugins which used to be a third-party plugin um, you, you have to know those plugins and not only the plugins, the functions in the utility menu, which are effectively built in plugins anyway, in, in sort of a, a weird way. The thing with Finale is that you can do things very microscopically, like you can change the note head of one specific note using that special tools palette. You know what I mean? You can yeah. use that thing and find the thing and double click and change it to an next note head. But if you know that if you select an entire swath of measures, four measures, you can go to the utilities menu, go to the change menu, go to the note heads 
option and choose the X note heads. And you can change all of the notes to X note heads all at once. You don't have to click through every single thing. Yep. So, I mean, that's a, a, you know, a small example of that, but you got to know what's in that utilities menu. You've got to know what plugins are available. And once you really get into this, you know, start looking at the third party plugins. There's, there's basically three main um, sets of plugins. There's the JW plugins, which are actually now starting to be absorbed by Finale, which is actually really great. So that's not going to be a third party plugin anymore. Um, there's the TG tools plugins. You'll get a few of those built into Finale, but there's a whole suite of them that you can download from the website and they're immensely useful. And then also the Robert Patterson plugins, which are just, they're brilliant in so many ways. Um, and you'll find stuff in there that you didn't even know that you needed, <laughs> you know, especially with all of those plugins. I mean, it just makes everything so much faster. You don't have to individually click a certain thing, you know? Um, so that's number three. Uh, related to sort of plugins and shortcuts and everything, if you're on a Mac, especially keyboard maestro is a, as a macro program, it's sort of a third party macro program that allows you to program extra shortcuts and you can actually script strings of shortcuts, which is really helpful. And this is something that I've built up the last several years. I have like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of individual macros on keyboard maestro now. So doing things that would normally take me seven, eight, nine steps to complete, I can just find the macro that I need, click it, and it does it in one step. I mean, I have some complicated macros that will actually, you know, do queuing. You know what I mean? You copy a copy a line from the trumpet and you select the line where you want that to be queued and you select this macro and it will go through the whole process of, you know, pasting it, moving it into a different layer, adding the rests, you know, putting it at 75%. Um, doing all of this stuff all in one shot, you know what I mean? So you don't have to do all of those things individually. So um, it's Keyboard Maestro, unfortunately, is only uh, a Mac only program. There's right. another one on Windows. I think it's called um, Auto Hotkey, maybe, which is similar, but from what I understand, not quite as um, sophisticated as Keyboard Maestro. But if you can really get into building those extra macros, it's really helpful. Even silly things like there's no um, shortcut, there's no native shortcut in Finale for creating a multi-measure rest. Mm. You know what I mean? But Keyboard Maestro, I have it set to option A. It's mm. in my left hand immediately and I can just click that and it creates a multi-measure rest. So wow. just stuff, silly stuff like that saves immense amount of time over a lot of repetition. Um, so that's number four. And number five, I always talk about this, but templates, you know, especially in Finale, the default templates that come with Finale are really something to be desired. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they do have like certain styles that you can choose from in the setup wizard and all, and all that stuff. And they're okay, but they're, they're very stripped down. They're very sort of universally acceptable, not very interesting. And in some cases actually wrong in certain ways. Uh, so I always recommend creating your own templates, which I have. And what I do with those templates is I can even pre-format the linked parts. I can add all of the expressions that I need. I have like dozens of expression categories so that I can find things so that I'm not always typing the same expression, whatever it is that I need. You know what I mean? My categories are set up in a way where the expressions go to the proper location, the way that I want it. I have articulations that I need. I have a whole library of chord suffixes that I like, and that's part of the template. So I don't have to keep creating new chord suffixes every time it doesn't recognize it. I'm sure finale users are used to that. They type in a chord suffix that doesn't exist and says, would you like to create this? And you say, yes, okay, <laughs> you know. But if you have all those chord suffixes in the library, in the template, it's there. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, same thing with custom smart lines. Um, I always say that if you have a well-built template, it just, it, you know, takes the time to to uh, copy your music down, you know, tenfold, if not more. Um, it, my, my templates are now basically plug and play. Like I can literally just put the music on the, uh, in the program. I can go to the linked parts. It's sort of pre-formatted already. I just have to do some minor tweaking, some, you know, small adjustments here and there, but it's done. You know, you don't you don't have to mess around with, oh, gosh, now I have to figure out, OK, I got to put the systems on the right page and I got to size it correct. I mean, it's, all, you know, it's all pre done for you. So templates, 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 that would be number five. Nice. Well, those are all super helpful. Um, I just offer just kind of three things that popped in my mind, things that I that I use a lot. And, and this is again, this is on a Mac, you know, um, in, in Finale, but 
Um, two of them are keyboard shortcuts, and one I call it the, uh, if you're in the speedy entry mode, it's the command 6789, uh, which is, I think I might have modified them a little bit, but for me, command 6, I believe, is down a step in the scale. Command 7 is up a step. And then 8 takes you down an octave, and 9 takes you up an octave. Right. Well, and that's and that works without the um, without the command or the option or whatever. That works with the selection tool. So if you select measures and just press the six key, it'll go down a step. If you oh, just okay. press the seven key, it'll go up a step, eight down an octave, nine up an octave. So yeah. Well, well that's very helpful. Okay. So, <laughs> so the command doesn't get be, in the way. <laughs> you don't even need to be in speedy or, or simple entry. Just just you, you know use the selection tool. Nice. Um, the, the other thing that I find really helpful is the, the use of the option key when you've copied a measure, you know, just using mm -hmm. the selection tool, it's like you, you select the measure you want to copy and just while holding the option key, just click, click on the, on the target measure. And there it is. Yeah. And, and I find yeah. you, that's actually imperative if you've ever come, uh, cause I had to learn this shortcut for a situation where I realized that what was on the top staff needed to be on the bottom staff and what was on the bottom staff mm -hmm. needed to be on the top staff. So what I learned to do was select yeah. the top staff, copy it. So it's on the clipboard. Yep. Yeah. So it's on the clipboard and then use the option key to move yes. the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little complicated. But interestingly, I mean, that's, I, I, I do that too, but interestingly, there actually is a plugin now that will swap stamps. Right. <laughs> So you can select both of those staffs and run that plugin and it will just go whoop yeah. and you're good to go. The, uh, I guess the third thing that I use quite a bit that, uh, you know, talking about like, you know, these, sometimes I, I do these shows with a lot of pop rhythms, but the rhythm, the rhythms are used a lot, but the notes keep changing. So in the simple entry tool, um, I find copying and pasting that rhythm and then going to repitch is really helpful uh -huh. because all you got to do is just with a you know with a uh, midi keyboard play the note and not only will right. it change it but it will preserve ties and things like that it's really cool it's like mm. it'll keep mm. those ties in there and it's such a such a great shortcut for that type of thing you know so yeah uh, i and and I've, i was actually heard i i was heard it was advised like if you're if you know what rhythm you want but you don't know what the notes are just kind of type that rhythm in <laughs> and then you can go back with the repitch and you can adjust hmm. that. And of course, um, I, it took me a while before I started using simple entry, but I found, found it if you have like a lot of 16th notes or eighth notes, when you've got like a, a certain steady rhythm, really helpful <laughs> you know, to, to do that. Yeah. Cause you just select that note, put, put it on the staff and then just play, play on the MIDI keyboard, the notes you need. And there they are. So <laughs> And you know you can do that in speedy entry too if you if you press down the caps lock key. Oh, the caps lock. Okay. All right. So yeah. that's that's a natural <laughs> lead into the next point. Let's talk about conquering finale, where you tell us all about this, and you start with the basics. So uh, where where can people find conquering finale? It's literally just www.conqueringfinale.com. Awesome. And I know you you you've got some you've got some things on YouTube people can find, but they can get the whole program there. Um, yeah, the videos the videos uh, are uploaded to YouTube. So there is a YouTube channel that's relatively well organized. Um, you can just find a conquering finale on YouTube. Um, you can either go there to view the videos, but I actually prefer the website because I, I do provide a little bit more information in you know in the description. It's a little bit easier to navigate. Um, the categories are all listed on the left side, um, and there are like several videos where I'll actually provide some links to some certain things. So it's a little bit better organized than the way you can do it on YouTube. So, okay. But it's the same content basically. All right. So we kind of mentioned conquering finale. Is there any other information you wanted to share about like where people could find out more about you or follow you? Uh, yeah. I mean, conquering finale.com you'll, you know, all the information is there. I do have my own website, Jason There's not a whole bunch of stuff on there, but you know, certainly welcome to download my resume if you're really interested. Right. <laughs> Well, I looked at your resume, you know, just a little name dropping. I, you know, I saw that one of your clients was Aaron Gandy, and uh, I was in marching yeah. band with him in high school in Florida, and he was really? a previous guest on Life in the Pit. So we first oh, yeah. time in thirty-one years we had talked. So 
Yeah, I, I've been working with Aaron, Aaron for uh, quite a long time. I think the first thing I did with him was this off-Broadway musical called The Shags. Oh, do yeah. You, do you remember that? Did you uh, hear about that? I, I've heard the name, but I, I didn't catch it. But yeah. <laughs> it was a really quirky but clever uh, musical about this uh, this th- these two girls and their dad who uh, wanted these girls to be in the band, but the, the girls just could not play instruments. They were just really, really terrible, <laughs> but they played them anyway. And the music was really, really bad. And they recorded an album that was really, really bad, but it sort of was so bad that it, it kind of created this cult following. They're like, I can't believe these kids are this bad, <laughs> yet it's still a thing. And they made it into a musical and the musical was really well done. And, and uh, it, was, it was kind of brilliant, but nice. You know, that was all right well a uh, lot of good information you know and and again i will i'll kind of say this in the introduction but you know no, notation programs are not just for composers it's very helpful if you are a private teacher and you're kind of creating some exercises or custom arrangements mm-hmm. for your students and uh, you know sometimes you know you might <laughs> you you might just be like a violinist and someone is wanting uh, I mean, I've done this before. I've had requests to do, um, you know, could I do Yellow by Coldplay for string quartet for a wedding? Could I do mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera, you know, or something like that? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you need a notation program to pull that off. So it's, yeah. it's helpful. The Nobody the, likes reading handwritten music anymore. Oh, no. it's <laughs> and, and I would say we kind of reached that point where it's inexcusable. <laughs> yes, still do that. absolutely. So, yeah. I, 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 you know. For sure. I mean, it's it's almost a given at this point. It's like you you if you're gonna have a session with musicians recording your music, you just cannot provide handwritten music. It's just completely unprofessional at this point. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for all this valuable information. It was great to chat with you again. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. And that's gonna wrap up episode number forty-four. You know, this is one of those episodes where I imagine you know you might have some questions. Uh, that maybe I can answer, or if not, I can relay them to Jason. He might be able to answer them as well. So if you have any questions about notation programs in general, but specifically Finale, feel free to send me a direct message on uh, Instagram at David Lane Music, on Facebook at David M. Lane Music, or best of all, directly through my website at davidlanemusic.com. And if you go to davidlanemusic.com slash toolkit, you can find the page for this podcast. If you'd like to leave a voice message to possibly be featured on a future episode with your thoughts on this particular topic, you can go to speakpipe.com slash musician toolkit. That is S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash musician toolkit. You know, and as I mentioned a couple of times, if you're a teacher, it's a great idea to have a notation program, but it's also a great idea to have administrative software that will help you have more time for creativity and for teaching and less time for wondering about payments and also trying to get students signed up and moving your schedule around. So there's a great app that costs much less than Finale, Sibelius, or Dorico, and it's called Fonz. And there's a link for that in my show notes that you can use to get a free trial, no strings attached, to see if it might be right for you. That's going to wrap up episode number 44. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one other person. And if you're on YouTube, please click a like on the video and share that as well. And go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'll be back with you again next week. Until then, thank you for listening.